Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, so much good stuff on the show today. After this, we are going to get into a new round of real estate. Have you ever played real estate with me, Clayton? I, I believe I have. You have. Okay. So we give you a real real estate listing, and then we give you something else you could have bought with that money. You guess which costs more. And this real estate listing is a doozy because it has to do with a serial killer family that used to own it. Jeez. What does that do to the price? We'll find out. But right now... It's time to welcome all the new LGBTQ members of 2020 in what we like to call on the show Closet Watch. Closet Watch. Of course, we did our gay pool. I still have yet to see one of the people on my list come out of the closet, which include J. Edgar Hoover and the Babadook and Aquafina. But we did learn yesterday that Jamila Jamil came out as queer. She kind of was forced out of the closet by pushed online. Out, so yeah. to speak. She was pushed out of the closet, kicked out of the closet by Twitter. And, you know, she kind of said the how brutal Twitter was and how she didn't really want to come out as officially queer. Having parents uh, that are, you know, Indian and Pakistani, she thought it would be tough to come out in a South Asian uh, family and household. So she always kind of kept it under wraps. But now she's she's like, I, this is not how I wanted to come out. But now I feel like I have to. And then not even 24 hours later, somebody almost twice her age has come out. Uh, a British man, a, a, a UK TV presenter by the name of Philip Schofield has come out of the closet at 57 years old. And I'm always so fascinated in at people who decide to come out much later in life, especially with, I mean, this guy has been married for 27 years. He has a wife named Stephanie. He's got two girls and he came out on his show and I mean, I can't imagine the bravery that it takes to to come out and say something, which I mean, I look at some of these pictures of him and his wife and he's wearing a black turtleneck in a lot of them. So there should have been a couple of red flags or rainbow <laughs> flags there, but still incredibly brave that he came out. I'm going to read just a piece of his statement and then we're going to play uh, a follow up interview or, or a follow up segment that uh, that details kind of how he felt <clears throat> about coming out. So he said. You never know what's going on in someone's seemingly perfect life, what issues they're struggling with or the state of their well-being. And so uh, and so, you know, and so you won't know what has been consuming me for the past few years. With the strength and support of my wife and my daughters, I have been coming to terms with the fact that I am gay. Now, this is what he said uh, the following morning, I believe. So, wow, I think we would just take a breath. Yep. at that point. And I know that, I mean, reading that, I can hear your voice. I can hear the pain. I can hear how difficult that is for you. Um, this is a big day. Uh, it's funny because everyone I've spoken to, um, you, yeah. um, have all been so supportive and so uh, loving and caring. Um, and my entire family, mm. to a person, have grabbed us and said, it's okay, it's okay. Now, I think there have got to be some people, a handful in his life, that knew something was going on. Yeah. Right? And then, like, everybody has somebody that they know where you're like, I swear this person's gay. Right. I think that they're gay, but then you see them get married, and then you see them have kids, and then you see them get older, and then you start to think, I guess they're not. 
And then now they can go, told you. Told you so. Yeah. That, that, but I mean, it's like, what is it, it? It's always such a tough question because people just got to live their lives and be free to do that. You know, I'm going to be this person on this conversation. You know, that's, that's coming <laughs> but it's out. Like, like his life, it was him getting married and having kids and his wife supports him now. They have their own relationship. I mean, the times they are a changing. So like whatever it means to be queer these days and whatever we people have to do to support themselves and accept themselves and get rid of their own shame, I say go for it. Go for it, Paul uh, Philip Schofield. You do this, you Philip do Schofield. This. And I think looking at him, I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about him, but uh, it seems that he was a famous TV presenter and did Disney on Ice. Another red Another flag. red flag. But also, looking at him, and after we'd gone through some of the categories with Todd Masterson earlier in the week, I think this guy is a fox. Definitely a, a fox. Definitely a fox. So welcome to the community, Philip Schofield. We completely embrace you. We welcome with, all foxes. With tan, bronzed arms and all foxes in between. All right, really stayed up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's time to have a little fun here on Drop the Subject. Allie here, Clayton Ferris, my bisexual buddy to my left, and that means it is time for Really Estate? Really? Really Estate. Now, this is a regular segment we do here on Drop the Subject where... We give you a real real estate listing that you can purchase with your own hard-earned dollars right now. And this one is a doozy. I'm also going to give you something else that you could have spent on that money, and you must guess which one costs more. Clayton, how would you like to own not a house, but 152 acres of sort of untouched land? I would love that, actually. (laughs) I could put my imaginary horse there. (laughs) My space horse. My space horse. This is all my space work objects are going to go into my 152 acres of land that I purchased. Uh, There is a catch. Now, it's nice to own land. Of course, they say that's one of the first things you're supposed to buy when you got a lot of money on hand. You always invest in some land, right? That was the American dream when people moved over here, just to own some land, have some space. And space is hard to come by these days. Uh, You know, most people don't even have a backyard, let alone a porch or a stoop. So 152 acres of land is a lot. And this is in Indiana, Hmm. and it belonged, there's a little bit of a catch here, because the land itself once belonged to a family of serial killers. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yep, and you know, it's always nice when families are close, they find common ground, they find interests that they all agree on, and in this case, it was murder. Uh, John Bender Sr. and his wife Kate and their two children named John and Kate, they operated an inn on this land and sold supplies to travelers, or so everybody thought. Uh, Locals began scouring the area after a lot of reports of people who had gone missing in that area began to surface. One local noticed that the Bender's family inn appeared abandoned and the townspeople feared that the Bender family had become the latest victims. However, once the property was searched, the townspeople discovered a far grislier truth in the form of uh, at least 11 people buried on the property. Jeez. Yeah. And now this was a while ago, I will say. It was in 1871. So you've got a solid amount of years in between. Yeah, about 150. Yeah. So I, I would say, 
you know, there's been plenty of time for the mealworms to kind of eat through and yeah, churn over the land. Ghosts don't discriminate. It doesn't matter what year there it is. They will come up and haunt your ass. Oops, that, can that, I say that? Yes, you can say that, and you're absolutely right. It does not necessarily matter. And if you need a reference, just go back to every scary movie you've ever seen about people living on an ancient burial site and being haunted yeah. until they die. And when you see a ghost, it's always someone from the 1800s, you know? You're Right. It's never a modern ghost wearing jinkos. No, and they're probably out there. They are, but we just don't see them. <laughs> no, it's always the colonial people. So, this is 152 acres of land, and it's going for auction very soon. It's hitting the market momentarily. And it's in Indiana. It's in Indiana, okay. yes. Hmm. And I think this, which is confusing because it seems like this is a Kansas story. Everything else points to Kansas. So, I don't know, but it said, that, I mean, the website that I'm on where it's being auctioned is in Indiana. Let's just say it's in Kansas, all right? right? It makes a lot more sense that way. Uh, so, I they don't have an official price on this, but I did Google the average price of 152 acres in this area. Okay. Okay? So, this is based on that. Okay. That's your real, est- uh, real estate listing. Or, for roughly the same amount of money, you could have... Tickets to see Hamilton for a thousand days in a row. Oh my God! Average ticket price for Hamilton runs from two hundred and seventy and up. I did just a basic flat rate of two hundred and seventy dollars times one thousand. That's almost three years straight of watching Hamilton the musical. Which doesn't sound bad to me as a musical theater lover. <laughs> exactly. So the question is, which one costs more? That and I I answer this question. That's the game? Yes, the an- yes. you answering the question <laughs> I, is the game. See, my real estate is so skewed because I think it's like, you know, because I live in L.A., so I'm going to say, I'm going to say Hamilton costs more. Okay. You're going with Hamilton costs more. Yes. Uh, all right. A ticket to Hamilton for a thousand days in a row, that's almost three years, at $270 a ticket, that'll run you $270,000. The average price of 152 acres of land in the state of Kansas, murder or no murder, is $300,000. You are incorrect. You win a bunch of murder land. Congratulations. (laughs) This has been really a state. I can't wait to build a house on it. Yay. And then people haunt me for the rest of my life. Or a tiny house or an Airstream. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. A wonderful welcome to our newest Twitter followers, Schlemmer68 and Doug. Welcome at DTS Show. You made a good choice in following us. We have followed you back, and we will follow you back if you decide to follow us at DTS Show on Twitter, on Instagram. We are always there for you. People were asking the NP, James Simmons, yesterday. You can always tweet at him at ask. Ask the NP if you have any burning questions. Like I said, literal burning questions. And you can always ask us as well. All right, let's talk about... I'm Allie, by the way, joined by Clayton Ferris today. And we're talking about Sesame Street because Sesame Street has uh, made some headlines starting yesterday because of Billy Porter's appearance on the show. And I don't believe the episode has released yet, but there were some images being shared of him on the set, and he's wearing a big 
black half tuxedo, half dress, velvet. Looks amazing, of course, like he always does. And some conservatives, this is in a, an L.A. Blade article, by the way, and we, uh, we get some great stuff from there. They're a great source for LGBT news. I believe they have a new issue dropping today. And uh, so they're covering this, and it's really interesting what Billy Porter's reaction is because there are some conservative people who are saying that they're trying to sexualize children using drag queens. Please. Right? And uh, <laughs> and Billy Porter's response is like, you see me in a velvet tuxedo dress and you automatically think that I'm sexualizing children? Like, where are you Where's, connecting those two things? There's no connection here. And also, why are people, like, there's a senator that's complaining about this, talking about defunding Sesame Street. <laughs> I To me, this is a fashion issue. And I don't want to take fashion advice from a senator. That's the last thing I'll ever do. But also... If there's one last thing you do... It's that. It is that. As a matter of fact, put that on my tombstone. (laughs) Never took fashion advice from a senator. But the... Like, I support Billy Porter. I think this is dumb. But he's also recycling this look. I'm just... That's my gay take. Oh, really? So he's done this before. He wore this on... So we've already seen this take, and he's just like, look, this is a great dress. I'm going to wear it again. I mean, when you've got... I I know that the rule is that you don't wear the same thing twice when it comes to fashion red carpet. No. It's it's basically like he was a bridesmaid, and he re-wore the dress. (laughs) I mean, I'm all for it. (laughs) Me too. Okay. Uh, My thing with this is why are we so anti-LGBT when it comes to Sesame Street in general. There are many characters who are very, very gay, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been long known that Bert and Ernie are in bed together. Yeah. They have been. I don't even think they're in the closet. I think that it's common knowledge at this point. Mm. Uh, The Count is basically wearing the same thing that Billy Porter is wearing. It's the exact same look. I mean, we could do who wore it best with Mm. The Count and Billy Porter. (laughs) That's how similar their looks are. Uh, Elmo, I'm going to go ahead and say genderqueer. Genderqueer, definitely. Definitely curious. I mean, uh, Miss Piggy's a drag queen. <laughs> Miss Piggy is so obviously a drag queen. Uh, Snuffleupagus definitely has some kind of a phallic thing going on with his nose. Also, you know, a bear. he's like a bear-fox-otter combination. Exactly. <laughs> and those two old men that are always at the theater? Yeah. I mean, there is just a lot of LGBT representation already in Sesame Street. I I feel like Billy Porter fits right in. He does. And I love this idea of these two old gay guys going to the theater and complaining about it. (laughs) Because that's how they would be. That that happens. That is documentary of real life. (laughs) Yes. How do you think those characters were created? Yeah. They were created by old gay men who are like, This is a non-issue. It's a non-issue. Uh, so we support you, Billy Porter. You fit right into the cast. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the episode. Can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to watch it. It'll be the first time I've seen Sesame Street in years, years. but what the hell. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next, we are going to discuss Tales from the Lyft. You know, there are some horror stories when it comes to Uber and Lyft. I used to drive for Uber and Lyft, so, so I had a fair I. share of my own. And you did too. That's right. And you were one of my passengers once. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's Friday. It's bye day. It's Allie here and Clayton Ferris over there, our bye guy. And the show continues with a brand new segment. Now, 
when it comes to scary stories, you know, you go from for tales from the crypt. You can go old school,、mm. but we like to do things. Modern day here on D- Drop the Subject because it's real life that's the most terrifying. Exactly, and real life these days, the real horror stories usually take place in some kind of an Uber pool or a Lyft pool or just Uber and Lyft in general. This is Tales from the Lyft. Welcome to Tales from the Lyft. <laughs> That is. Oh, oh man, I ruined the joke. <laughs> you ruined it, Clay. That is some top quality voiceover artistry. Wow, thank you so I much. I believed you were a scary old hag <laughs> in a coffin. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank、um, you. Yeah, I、uh, I appreciate it. Okay, so you and I both drove for Uber and Lyft. We can、yeah. get to our horror stories in a minute, but there is a gay male couple that has a horror story to share of their own that I thought I'd get into first. You ready? Yes. Okay. This happened in San Diego. <laughs> of course. Which is a ninety-eight-one HD3. Hello, San Diego.、Uh, and this happened over the. Oh、uh, no! This happened this week. So basically, the incident occurred. Uh, okay, this happened on Wednesday. Police knocked on their door. So, okay, let me back up a little bit. <laughs> This、uh, story is getting to you, I can tell. Okay, yes, it's infuriating. So these gay dads, they get into an Uber. They have a baby with them. They have their baby with them. The baby is crying, as babies do. Babies cry. Babies cry, especially. I know that it's hard to say, like, oh, you know, you put them in a car and they're gonna fall right asleep. Not the case with this baby. Baby was crying. Uber driver takes the gay dads to their abode, lets them go, bye bye, drives away.、Okay. They think all is fine. Then, later on, police knock on the door of their、uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, this is a hotel room, not their house, and、uh, demands identification. And it turned out that the Uber driver who had taken them to the hotel called the cops, accusing them of child trafficking and child endangerment. Saying that the baby needed a mother and did not back down when they tried when they tried to explain to the cops that their that it was their son and that they were two dads. What? Yeah. So that is a I think definitely a Lyft slash Uber horror story. That is a horror story. To think that you're just getting to your destination safely and then to have the police knock on your door a scary knock at the door later on. But here's the、uh, problem to me. It's like okay, so these two gay dads have a baby. How old's the baby? Let's say the baby is nine months. Yeah, I、What? mean、okay. still car seat. Any、time. any parents that are dealing with a nine month old are gonna be going through a lot. They're not sleeping.、Mm-mm. You know, they're taking care of this baby. They're worried, trying to keep it alive. I feel like that's what parents do. That's the that's mission number one for the first. I mean, so, I guess for all the years to keep this, the baby alive. It's this but- idea that. LGBTQ parents have to be held to this like esteem of perfection, or they're child traffickers or abusers. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, everybody loves to parent shame in general, right? But I feel like same-sex couples are under an even bigger microscope to be like, all right, here's the test. Here's the test. Are you perfect? Is your kid gonna be balanced?、Right. Is it gonna be normal? Yeah. 
because we need to know that it's cool and chill for a baby to grow up and actually be a functioning adult when there's two women or two men in the household. Yeah, it just this story just reeks of a weird double standard that's always there for LGBTQ parents. That's why I say don't have kids. <laughs> you know what? Eliminate the problem. Okay, this the problem was obviously the child. If the child hadn't been crying, this would have never happened. It would have never happened. <laughs> All right. But that homophobic, you know, whatever a-hole of an Uber driver needs to stop forcing his values on other people. Period. It's very true. You know, you and I can attest to this. You're going to have passengers in your car that you maybe don't agree with the values of or you don't agree with the life choices that they're making or even the conversations that they're having. Right. You kind of have to remain an objective person in that situation if you want to make money. Absolutely. The part that I always hated was I always felt like a couple would get in the back seat and you can tell it was like their first or second date and they were like in a very intense conversation, probably on their way home to like do the deed. Uh Uh And I've always felt so awkward having to be part of that moment just listening to them like flirting and just I was I wanted to be like (laughs) I loved it I remember one time I'll I'll tell you a good story and then I'll tell you one of my horror stories uh, because this is tales from the lift obviously (laughs) my my good story is that I picked up some college students uh, near USC one time and it was a guy and two girls they were all wasted And they got in the car and they started asking if we could play 90s music. So I played some 90s music. Backstreet Boys came on and we were all jamming out. I was so happy with it. Everyone was, you know, having a good time. And we were like singing. uh, What's a Backstreet Boys song? Um, Uh, Backstreet's back. back. All All right. right. So we're all singing. And then all of a sudden, I'm the only one. Oh, my God. back gang. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm the only one singing. And I'm going, brother, sisters, everybody saying, where does everyone, what's going on? And then I look in the rearview mirror and they're three-way making out. Oh. And I was like, nice. A thruple. A thruple, yeah. In the back seat. It was so great. I was like, good for you. And remember in college where you're just like, yeah, let's all make out the three of us. This makes sense. Yes. All at once. Just it was just. Re- mashing heads together, <laughs> tongues going crazy. So stupid, but I loved it. <laughs> The one time that I almost kicked somebody out of my car was when they got in the car, immediately asked if I sold drugs, and then immediately started doing drugs. What? Yeah. I got in the car. They got in the car, and they said, um, it was a guy, a younger guy, and he was so messed up already, and this is, this is the one time I almost really kicked a guy out of my yeah. car as soon as he got in it. He went, drugs? And I went, what? And he goes, do you do drugs? And I was like, no, I don't, sir. And he was like, do you have any drugs? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, I don't. And then he just started getting out his wallet and started doing cocaine in the back of my car. Oh, God. So I thankfully was not taking him far. So I just got him to where he needed to go. But that was the one time that I did it. I never drove at night like that because I was always scared of the drunkards because I've been a drunkard in a car Uh and I don't want to pick me up. You wouldn't pick you up. Nope. You would drive right by yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. All right. We have to get to coming to terms next. There's a new term that a lot of people are using when they're coming out. Uh, it's not heterosexual anymore. It's hetero something else. We'll get Flex. to that. Oh, am I giving it away? Don't give it away. It's heteroflexible. All right. We'll tell you. It's just... Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. It's that time for 
coming to terms here on Drop the Subject. I'm Allie, hanging out with Clayton Ferris today, and this is the point in the show where we kind of break down some of the new and budding terms in the LGBTQ plus community, because it seems every other day they're adding a letter to the moniker. It's longer and longer every day. And you know, while we are as inclusive as we possibly can be, and this is Channel Q, we are giving everyone a voice, it's confusing sometimes. It is. I think it's okay for all of us to say can be a little confusing. So it's important that we get it all out in the open. All right? Let's talk about any of the new terms that people are using to identify themselves and exactly what they mean because to be honest, there's 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 some gray areas here. Sure. But also, I don't want to be in the dark. I want to know Yes. what's out there. Of course. You I know? mean, I think a lot of people put pressure, I mean, I don't know if I want to say pressure, but there's a lot of expectation in the LGBT community to know all these things right. and to know everybody's pronouns and to know all of the new gender identities and things like that. So I think because of that expectation, it's important that we say, uh, yeah, we're all finding this out along with you guys. Right. Okay. So this edition of Coming to Terms is brought to you by the letter H. And I'm not going to say this is 100% new. Uh, the article that I'm referencing says that it is a new identif- It's a new sexual identity. I don't think it's that new. I've heard it before. I've heard it before. But heteroflexibility and calling yourself heteroflexible. Now, what in the hell does that mean? Well, the first place I decided to go was Wikipedia. Oh. So we'll start there, and we'll work our way down. (laughs) Heteroflexibility is a form of sexual orientation or situational sexual behavior characterized by minimal homosexual activity in an otherwise primarily heterosexual orientation. That sounds, this just sounds like straight. (laughs) It sounds like straight, but sometimes I venture outside the box. Yeah, and that's how all straight people are. No offense, straight people. (laughs) Well, they say everybody's on the Kinsey scale, right? Right. If you're on a Kinsey scale, and they even say specifically, this is a one or a two on the Kinsey scale. Right. And what I find fascinating is there is a a national survey that was taken in the U.S. and Canada, and among male teenagers, it showed that three to four percent of them chose completely heterosexual, 100% heterosexual. The largest category that was clicked was mostly heterosexual. Hmm. Or heteroflexible, if you will. So that would be, yes, mostly heterosexual would be probably in the heteroflexible category, right? Yeah, I would put it in there. So, but what does this mean? If somebody identifies as heteroflexible... And again, we just uncovered what that means. It doesn't mean that you're just a really flexible straight person. See, to me, it means like you're like a dude that goes to the gym and works out and you only want to have sex with other straight dudes that go to the gym and work out. Heteroflexible because they flex (laughs) while they're doing it. While they're doing it. And you are no stranger to locker room romance. (laughs) As we have learned previously on the show. Oh, no. Should we go back to the sauna incident? (laughs) No. (laughs) We've moved on. Okay. Well, that's a good point because do if you are heteroflexible, does it mean that you're only hooking up with other heteroflexibles? Or does it mean that you're hanging out every once in a while with 
a homo flexible, which is also another term. I mean, it's hard to like say because uh, if you are hetero flexible, you're basically bisexual. Because you can be bisexual and never be in like a relationship, relationship. with one with one yeah. or the other, right? So it's it just seems like another extra word that kind of all means the same thing. Now, if you're hetero flexible, do you get to say you are LGBT? Ah, see that that's where it gets hard, and that goes back to like the Jamil. What I'm sorry, what Jamila Jamil? Jamila Jamil. I'm like, it's like now we're forcing everyone to be queer and then people are judging people that are queer because they're not queer enough so it's just like it's petty it's petty it's petty and i understand so many people were upset about her being uh, a judge on that show legendary because it's ballroom vogue and that only belongs to certain people and it doesn't belong to you and i feel like where we when we're at each other's throats when we're all on the same side is when everyone's kind of losing amen so, Amen. heteroflexible people, if you want to just be gay on weekends or past six o'clock, I don't really know how it works, <laughs> but welcome. Why not? Welcome just, to the club. Just people get that... under the umbrella. The, the weather's fine. Yes. Yes. All right. News it or lose it. Uh, news it or lose it is up next. Heteroflexibles, welcome. Stay tuned. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Okay, Clayton, I've got three headlines for you. Okay. You've got a bell in front of you. It means News It or Lose It is about to commence. You ready? I am uh, ready. Uh-huh. All right, headline number one. We finally know who caused the coronavirus, and it is a weird animal that I think a lot of people don't know even exists. Okay, I've been hearing about this, and it's very strange, and I, so i got to hear more. So I'm going to... Oh. <laughs> you got to... You gotta, there you go. I'm going to news it. I'm going <laughs> to... Headline number two, how much sex should couples be having? Oh, this this will feel like a, an attack, <laughs> but I want to know. Okay. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to news it. All right, and then finally, headline number three, Princess Beatrice's stepson will be in her wedding. Literally could not care less about something in the entire life, so All right. lose it. All right, lose it. I don't even know who Princess Beatrice Me is. Me neither. I don't know her stepson. I didn't know there was a wedding, so we don't need to know any of the details. Those two stories are coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, just a little bit of breaking news before we get into our news that are losing stories. Cur- uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alex Vindman, he was a key witness in the impeachment process when the House of Representatives was uh, deciding on the articles of impeachment. He gave some very honest testimony. And now that all of this is uh, said and done and the president has been acquitted, they have uh, escorted him out of the White House. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, just a little update for you there. Uh, it's really easy to you know, follow the trail of breadcrumbs and just kind of see where this all is uh, is stemming from. Anyway, let's move on to the coronavirus. Everybody's been talking about it. Everybody's worried about it. I had spent a good 20 minutes trying to convince Katie uh, when I got home yesterday that, that she doesn't have it and that I don't have it. Uh, but they have seemingly figured out a key link to how it started. And I you know, I've talked to Nurse Alice about this. I've talked to James Simmons about this, about how things like this start. 
and basically it's transferred from animals that have something similar. So right. they, they thought that it was bats and then it somehow transferred to humans, but they think it transferred to another animal before that. Hmm. And we figured out what that animal was because they just did, they tested more than a thousand samples from wild animals and they found a 99% match between the genome sequences of viruses found in this animal and uh, compared to those in the human patients that have coronavirus. And it is... Get your Google and thumbs ready. It is a pangolin. A pangolin. I'm not mispronouncing penguin. It's pangolin. It looks like a crossover between an aardvark and some kind an of... An armadillo. And an armadillo. It definitely looks like a made-up animal you'd see in Game of Thrones. It sort of even resembles the R-O-U-S's from The Princess Bride. Oh, yes. Um, that is what it, that's, that's the culprit. There's, they're kind of cute, but like this, it's so sad to me that an animal that looks like this is being blamed for (laughs) this feels like punching down to me. (laughs) Like they could blame it on any other thing, but they're like, let's find the slowest, most useless, saddest animal and be like, it's the pangolin's yeah, fault. That looks like it's wearing chain mail. Yeah, and the pangolin looks up from like the rat it just killed and it's like, me? Me? What did I do? Are, but does this just mean, and this is a sad thought, but are there just a bunch of dead pangolins everywhere? I mean, I, w- I didn't even really know that there were many alive pangolins are until they, today. Are they not like susceptible to the virus? Does it not? No, no, no. They ha- I think they have the virus. Whether they're susceptible or not, I'm not sure. Whether they're carriers, is that what you're asking? Yeah, are they carriers? Does it affect them negatively like it does humans? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that, but uh, it says this lady, the latest discovery will be of great significance for the prevention and control of the origin of the new coronavirus. So this is very, very helpful to find out. But yeah, I don't know if there are dead pangolins, is, and is I didn't there, know that there were alive ones either. Is there like a, a doctor pangolin wearing a monocle that can be like, I know the cure? <laughs> if there's anyone who knows pangolins, it's me, Dr. Pangolin. Um, Okay, how often do you think couples who live together, maybe are married, maybe are not, but couples who have been together for some time, how often do you think they need to be having sex to be at their happiest? Um, I I don't know. I'm going to say every day. What? <laughs> Is that a lot? Yes! <laughs> we started out this week with me feeling self-conscious that I have not had all night sex in many years because sometimes according to you people just have sex all night i'm a horn dog <laughs> once a week is what the research has shown makes couples happiest uh i think more than that i think it does of course depend on the couple if there right. are two claytons it's gonna be every day or multiple times a day if it's uh two you know Alleys. Like, Netflix watching alleys like me, you're probably going to get into the lesbian bed death territory. Um, but once a week, that's 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 tops. So we've covered a lot on the show today. A lot of thrups, a lot of downs. But what is your happy ending? You can always tweet them at us at DTS Show if you've got happy endings. We will give you ours next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. And a very warm welcome to our other new Twitter follower at GrizzTat on Twitter. Welcome. Welcome to DTS Show at DTS Show. You can always follow us. Please do. We'll keep you updated on things all show related. 
Uh, Clayton Ferris, thank you for joining me again today. Thank you for having me. I love coming here to celebrate bisexuals. <laughs> bye. He's a bye guy. I'm a bye guy, in case he, you did not know. He is a bye guy, out and proud. And we have some other gay things to share with you before we get out of here today and get you into your weekend. First, we shall start with, I know I have been bad about this. I've skipped the last couple of weeks because Jarrett was gone and then it was like, all oh, emotional. I couldn't just go into gay news headlines. This is now two weeks late, but your official nominees for Gayest News Headlines of the Week. I will share four headlines that seem gayer than anything you may have seen on the internet this week, and then I will put them on our Instagram story at DTS Show for your voting pleasure. You can vote for the gayest news headline of the week. Here is your first nominee. Box to box. Why Fernandez is a leader. Wow. Headline number two. Marks and Spencer's Love Sausage is back for Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> Headline number three. Butt emissions. Study finds even extinguished cigarettes give off toxins. Love the it. The second part wasn't as gay as the first part, but butt emissions did get it into the final category. And then finally, headline number four, Subaru is creating furniture from recycled coffee pods and candy wrappers. What? I don't know why I feel that is the most lesbian-centric headline ever. Subaru, number one. And then the fact that everyone's buying a Subaru, all the lesbians, and then they're also going the, the, the extra mile by creating furniture out of recycled coffee pods and candy wrappers <laughs> yes. just seems to scream granola lesbian. That is granola lesbian all the way. All right. So those are your four headline finalists. Again, I will post them on Insta Story on Sunday, and you vote. I will announce the winner on Monday. All right. Happy endings. Happy endings. This is the time of the show where we take something that may have been a little bit sad and we turn it right around for you give you something positive to take into your weekend uh clayton do you have one i, I do have one you i don't do. know if it sets the tone i don't know if it fits the theme completely but knowing that you're supposed to be having sex once a week to be happy uh-huh makes me happy because because <laughs> you have sex i have a sex lot a lot than... more than that <laughs> So when was the last time? Well, actually, so the person that I'm having sex with uh-huh. is out of town, so I actually haven't had sex in over two months. Okay, but then you did have a sexcapade over a the last week. A sexcapade, but it wasn't like a full okay. thing, so... And just a quick question before I get into my happy ending. Did, did you tell the person that you're dating? Well, that person is probably listening to this show and listened to Monday's show, so... So that's how they found out? It hasn't... We haven't broached the subject yet, and we've talked many times. <laughs> okay. But... You know, we're in an open relationship, uh, so... Yeah, I guess you're right. I just think it's funny to find out, not through text messages, not through... Yeah, just finding out. I mean, who finds out information for the first time on the radio anymore? What oh, wait, is this, you. the 1500s? Oh, uh, God. Uh, all right, here is my happy ending. Yes, people might have a problem with Billy Porter being on Sesame Street, but you know what they're really just worried about? They're worried about Billy Porter turning everyone else in the cast gay. But if they did, you could say... That Billy Porter flipped the bird. <gasps> I like it. Okay. I don't really know how that's happy, but I just wanted to make a joke about just, flipping the bird. You just had to get a pun in because it's Friday. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Jesse, you have one or no? No. Nope. You got nothing. All right. Uh, oh, this time uh, thank you. 
got to give me at least the happy Avril. Happy endings. All right. If you have a happy ending, again, feel free to tweet at us at DTS Show. We would love to hear your happy endings. And uh, if you missed anything, definitely catch up via the podcast. Everyone has a podcast these days, us included. <laughs> so drop the subject wherever you find your podcasts, on Apple or wherever. And we will see you on Monday. I'll see you when I see you. I'll Clayton. see you when I see you. Uh, but we'll be back on Monday joined by nurse practitioner James Simmons. He's going to be coming back uh, to answer all of your health-related questions. We've got the Monday Munch Report. Is food gay? Can there be gay food. We're going to talk about that and many more things. So uh, we'll see you then for a live show. Have a great weekend. Happy-